the No Cube podcast with me, Mac 10. And this one is about a trauma-informed conversation. And with me today, I've got two life coaches, Nikki and Carlos. So yeah, welcome. Um, you know, I thought I'd just touch, get, definitely get you guys in because you have um, an, educa- an educational background um, surrounding sort of obsessive behaviours and addictive behaviours and it's a conversation I'd love to have on camera and I can learn myself and hopefully other people can learn from it as well. Um, so, I mean, Nikki, let's just sort of, i like to start from the beginning yeah. and what sort of led you into this field. So, I mean, how was it for you growing up? It was interesting. And where? Okay, so I was originally born in Germany. Oh, wow. Um... And then moved to Nigeria. Okay. Had some education there too. Okay. And then came to London like 2003. How old was you? How old was I in 2003? Like nine. Okay. Nine, ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Around nine, ten. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like my history and how I got into life coaching was I grew up around trauma. I was raised in trauma. Yeah. Just stay in the early years, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But talk to this guy there with the, with the trauma stuff. So, when you say you was grew up around trauma, knowing what you know now, yeah, yeah, what is trauma? Trauma is an experience that is unnatural for the physical body, the spiritual body, the mental body, and the yeah. soul. Yeah, it's just it's something that you're not supposed to actually experience. So it's a traumatic experience. It's an unnatural sequence and pattern that happens in your life. Okay. Um, so in, in, in um, what I'm trying to say, before you, you had knowledge and an educated, yeah. edu- educated um, background, like information on what trauma is and how it affects you, mm-hmm. was you aware that whatever experience that was, was a trauma? No. And what age was that trauma? I'd say for me it was like early on, very early on. So I you can't even put an age on. I it. can't put an age Could on. You it. put a, a window. I can. Yeah. I'd say between the ages of six to ten. Yeah. I was hyper aware. Yeah. Of unnatural patterns, behaviors yeah. that were within myself, my family, and yeah. just community at large. Did you think that was normal way to live at the time? No. No. Because okay. I, I was a radical child. I was the, the black sheep, yeah. the the whistleblower. Yeah. I, I always knew because before going into the education that I have now, yeah. Yeah. I deem myself a very spiritual person and intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. So I always had this sixth sense that this ain't right. Yeah. If if it doesn't feel good, I know it's not good. And I was that child that would say, This isn't right. And I was like that with my parents as well. And it caused a lot of problems because when you've got like a very radical young child that's always like, listen, this is supposed to be white, but it's black. Why is it black? It's supposed to be white. Yeah. In in an environment of people who are used to trauma, who think trauma is normal, who mm. think that emotional abuse is normal, it's very irritating for them because now you're trying to set things right. And I've been like that since I was born. It wasn't like, my education isn't what taught me. I went into education to sharpen what I am. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. Like Absolutely. to better enhance what I already knew. So to, so that this is interesting. So would you say that it's you felt you had that, but you just wanted to have it on paper to say, no, you can't argue with me. Yeah, because Because I know this. Yeah. And now I've got it on paper. Yeah. Was it that sort of thing? It was. And it yeah. was also I knew that there was extra knowledge I needed to learn. Oh. For instance, Right now I'm studying neuroscience and yeah. psychology. Yeah. And at 18 years old was when I went to study life coaching. Yeah. But I'm now 28 years yeah. for reference. So me wanting to learn neuroscience is, again, it's just to better enhance what I already do. Yeah. It's not because I don't have enough knowledge. It's because yeah. I want more knowledge so that I could help further. It's like, I believe in our industry, especially when it comes to mental health, you're always learning. And yeah. one thing I'm taught at university is that research is the heart of psychology. There is no end to research. You're constantly like checking a hypothesis. You're constantly questioning something. You're constantly probing something yeah. because humans don't have knowledge in full, like we're still experiencing knowledge. Yeah. And with COVID, yeah. that was I want, to, I want to slow you down a minute. Yeah. I want to slow you down a minute. Go you got way forward, yeah? <laughs> and it's, I feel like this is me speaking, yeah? Yeah, go on. And, like, I'm not a professional. I love to let you know I'm not a professional. And it's actually, I've got professionals sitting in front of me. I would like to say, is it fair to call you professionals? Yes. Yes. Okay. However... I, I want to challenge you. I'm here to challenge you on certain things, not in a in a challenging way, but if I feel like you say something like, from from from, from for instance, I feel like you're avoiding the and the, avoiding your childhood when you're speaking to me. Really? Yeah, I feel like you are. Like you've skipped over a part, along you've jumped forward. You've sort of gone through the trauma part, but I haven't yeah. heard how it affected you. Well. I mean, how trauma affected me growing up. I'm dark skin. Yeah. I was born in a family where my mother's light skin. Yeah. So for, for like full knowledge, I'm Yoruba by tribe, Nigeria. Yeah. yeah. And when you're a black woman yeah. living in a European country, yeah. the trauma I faced is that of any other black woman having to go into spaces and places, change your language, yeah. change your appearance. Yeah sit up straight yeah like the world i'm living in isn't designed for me and even when i go yeah. back home yeah like when i was younger a lot of it was i wasn't really allowed to experience myself what i had to do was put on different labels put on different i don't know images just yeah. so that i could exist in a world that didn't except what I was naturally. So the trauma I had, like, ex the trauma I experienced growing up was very much racial. It was very sexist. Racial and sexist. Yeah. And that was the, the society you grew up in and around. Yeah. And you found that traumatic. It's not because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a traumatic experience is how it makes an individual feel. So it, that, that, that particular experience might not be traumatic to someone else. Is that fair to say? It would be. It would not. Okay, but I'm not saying in specific, but let's say an event that happened may someone else may find traumatic. Is it possible that someone else may not find the same experience as traumatic or is that incorrect? I mean, 
I don't know how you can't find racism traumatic. I'm not speaking on race. I'm not personally speaking on race. I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying on a, in a blanket, like mm. a generic way. Can I add, you want yeah. me to add yeah. something? Mm-hmm. Um, awareness. Mm. That's the word that sticks out. It's okay. probably what you're looking for. Okay. So somebody could go through something and experience something. It won't be the same experience as you. Mm-hmm. The emotional, because re- the, the trauma is the emotional response. Yeah. And then the flashback and then the prolonged time that that manifested itself in your life yeah. through that time. Mm-hmm. So you was aware of it. You felt everything. You was in touch with it. Some people won't be what you're saying. And some yeah. people won't be in touch with it then. Yeah. However, it might. Yeah, scientists and what you study, neuroscientists prove that you know, yeah. like you can yeah. take a hair strand yeah. and you can see six years, whatever you put in your system, yeah. from a delayed response. Okay. So, All but right. and some people, I do believe, it, there's argument for it to say it won't affect them. All right. All right. In that period of time. That's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you there for now because mm. yeah, you, we're going there now. So I want to bring Carlos into the conversation because um, you have you, to. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. I want to sort of go, go to your beginning now. You your your upbringing. Where, when, how? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I sent you something earlier, and I just yeah. might think. Yeah. You know, for me to just really keep it very simple and condensed. Yeah. Yeah. And the best way I can do that is, I get, again, words are like maps because they yeah. can show you the way. So yeah. the tra- the tragedy for me happened before the trauma. Yeah. Mm. So from the tragedy, my story is one of the tragedy, my mum dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't know my mum. So I was three months old as a baby. So that tragedy happened. Then there was a trauma response, which the trauma response is emotional. And I mean, as a baby, three-month-old baby, nobody would look after me. So I was crying constantly. So the, I've, I've, had to do a, I've had to do a lot of intensive work on myself. Because yeah. if I don't, then I can't work in a capacity, as what you said earlier, to better your understanding of it. Experience is not enough. Mm-hmm. I've got to know something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So all the charm and charisma will run out and I've got to have some bits of paper. Yeah. So the extensive work, I had to go back and see, so what was that baby crying about? <laughs> How do you know as a three-month-old baby that you were crying all the time? Because I was told by my yeah. my carers, yeah. my okay. grand. I, I'd yeah. done a lot of research with yeah. my, my my grand, my brother as yeah. well, yeah. and then nobody would look after me. Yeah, okay. And what made you find out that information or what someone this did say to you, or did you just, what's their point when it's like something's up? I dug a research, I flew to America to see my nan held a hostage basically (laughs) for information. (laughs) You know, the why's and the what for, the last moments of my, because, you know, as as I was saying, the trauma there is, and I'm not just saying it for me, because, you know, I don't want to, it's not one for to feel sorry for and poor me and poor me. It happened. Yeah. This is what happened. So this is what how, how I'm able to use this to help other people okay. in their trauma and their response yeah. and the prolonged thing. So so just just going back and touching on, and I'm saying this, it was probably one of the most painful things you can experience as a child, okay. you know, growing up with no mum. 
And it was certainly painful for me. It was very intense, mm -hmm. you know. And I say the painful feelings were, is that, you know, the trauma response of constant crying as a baby, growing up and not knowing who's who. So that's my, this woman's my mum? No. Is she my mum? Oh, no, hold on. No, she's my grandmum. Hmm. So where's my mum? So you're my dad, you're not my dad, you're my granddad. Hmm. You know, it was like um, that, that kind of prolonged sense of denial as well, because trauma brings up denial, because I was in shock still for many years growing up. Yeah. Do you know, so it was quite painful. But, you know, coming back to what you said about, was I aware of the full intensity? Yeah. No, I wasn't. Yeah. And I can also say that the positive aspect of it, because you think, what could be possibly positive? Oh, I have yeah. to find the positivity <laughs> in the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And the positivity was, well, maybe it's good that I wasn't being farmed out and abused in other ways. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. that helps to manage the, the shock of the trauma and then the constant, because what it has, it has recall. Yeah. Like we have triggers mm -hmm. that you can, how you respond to trauma in my relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. In my friendship. You know, the trauma response. Because can I just, sorry, yeah, I no, that's all right. That's, that's perfect. I mean, what age was that when you realised something's up? I don't feel right. I want, I've been in trauma. Let me go and find some research. What age was you when that happened? Very early. Because I remember when I was two and a half years old. Really? Mm -hmm. They was teaching me to potty train. They would send yeah. me to the toilet. Yeah. And my nan was working while I grew up in um, Stamford Hill in a Jewish yeah. community. Yeah. It was the only black um, occupants on the whole street. So she worked with Jewish people looking after their kids. So I was mm -hmm. always in the house. So I remember new pence and I remember that feeling because, you know, when you go through your history, mm -hmm. you, the feeling gets attached to it. So the emotional stuff and how I responded now, it's more of a freedom. So I want to know the information. So how, what was it? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not recognising who was supposed to be my, there for me, basically. Okay. And then they left. They immigrated, my nan. Okay. It was a death of my mum and other th other so, stuff as I'll come to if it comes what, up. What I'm kind of hearing in both your stories, even though it's in a positive way, is a sort of re re rebellion. So you so you sound like you was rebelling rebelling against your parents, but in the correct way. Mind my language because obviously yeah, of I may be using the wrong. Um, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a yeah. form of rebelling, like saying this ain't right. Yeah. I don't like that behaviour. I'm standing up for myself. Yeah. And and but the thing is, what that that's like because um, you've said two different traumas there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the race one, and then there's the at home one. Yeah. Would you live in them both at the same time? And when what did you want to do about it at that time, or what was that your way of dealing with it with the information? At that time, uh, I started writing. Oh, so I'm okay. a writer. Okay. Um, I would write out my emotional pain. Yeah. And everything I'd write down was my how I was experiencing it. Okay. Um, there's a poem that I wrote, and it was about the church, basically. Yeah. Because the trauma I had in church was this suppression of your existence, right? It was, you, you were doctrinated to follow an ideology and somebody else's theology 
by a book, but the reality of the people that were in church was different to what the book said. Absolutely, sorry. So well, no, join it because right, you're going like you're taking me on a whole other so thing. So when yeah, I say yeah. when I'm I'm not rebelling against the people, yeah. I'm rebelling against a cognitive behaviour. And when I say a mm. cognitive behaviour, I yeah. mean how we smell, touch, taste, yeah. how we behave, yeah. mm-hmm. how we integrate with one another. Yeah. My mother was not the issue. It was the it was the behaviour mannerisms that my mother had adopted that she thought was motherhood that mm. I was rebelling against. Absolutely. Wow. So when my mother yeah. would hit me or mm-hmm. shout at me or call me names, yeah. I would remind her that if I loved you like that, you wouldn't want to be around me. Because mm. you know, we all know that... What age was you when you were talking about like this? I was like 15. <laughs> my mom, me and my mum used to tussle. Yeah. And now my mother is an exceptional woman. She's always been. Yeah. But you know sometimes like when you, when you give birth to children, right? Mm-hmm. I believe each child is going to challenge an essence in you that has to develop. Right. So I came into my mother's life and my family's tree to challenge the trauma. Yeah. Mm. I'm the generational curse breaker. I'm not we're not doing the the we don't have money. (laughs) We're we're going to church 24-7, but we don't have assets, we don't have property, we don't have communication. Like why do black people always have to be bottom barrel? And then on top of that as well. Why, as a woman, am I not allowed to lead? Like, I would question everything. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says, and and just f- for further, like, knowledge, I grew up in a Christian household. Yeah. But then my dad yeah. side, they were Muslim. Yeah. And when I was living in Nigeria, my dad and mother, they built their house right next to the mosque. Yeah. And I had a nanny who would always take me to the mosque. So my early years, yeah. right, I was going to the mosque. Yeah. Then when I come to London, my mum would take me to the church. Yeah. So I got to see two different aspects of religion and how, how they expect you to behave as a person. But what I always saw, like the religion is fine, but the people never believed in the knowledge they were teaching. They didn't, they didn't hone those mannerisms mm. in, you know? So, what, what, a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear that at 15 years old, you wasn't playing the blame game and blaming your mum. You, was there a point when you did ever... Of course. You did blame her? Yeah, there was times you, where I... That, so has that, has that narrative changed for you? Of course, because... So now you realise... So that's you speaking now as an adult. Yeah. With, with the, having done the research yeah. and stuff that you know, yeah. that behaviour she was doing then yeah. wasn't her. It, yeah. It's the society she... And maybe it's been passed down. It's a generational Absolutely. thing. Yeah. And that's, that's very powerful. I, I like the way you yeah. explained it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, the generational curse, yeah. the change has to come. Yeah. And, you know, she was she was given these tools, same like my 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 parents were mm-hmm. and my grandparents were curious. They were given a set of tools they experienced mm. and the change in their behaviour is it, it's not something that can happen overnight. No. But when, it, when we get it on us and... We experience the the pain of it, Mm -hmm. of the abuse, the emotional, Mm -hmm. the whatever abuse, the physical abuse. 
it's 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 then personalized. Yeah. It's only now that we've arrived at a place now, even when it was experienced, because we can't communicate to them in a certain way yeah. that we would really like to like to sit down and talk in. Because yeah. I would sit down and talk with my kids today <laughs> yeah. and listen. See? They don't want to listen. <laughs> Can I just also add yeah, something that I think yeah. I should say about my story is that my, my parents got divorced when, when, so when I came into the picture, yeah. my parents got divorced and my dad had this claim that I wasn't his. Ooh. So now my mother's light skin and yeah. my dad's dark skin. Mm-hmm. All my mother's children are light skin. I'm the only one that came out dark that yeah. looked like him. Yeah. So he was like, he was a bit like, what? <laughs> but either way, because they got divorced, the trauma I faced was abandonment from my father. Because okay. mm. he was out the picture. What age was you when that happened? Th- when I came to the UK. And what, what so that, that's like that? nine years okay, old. So you felt eight, nine. And your dad had yeah. lived with you the whole period. But he, he completely, it was, like, it was like he became a ghost. Mm. So for someone who is your best friend, because I, I love my dad, I honour yeah. him. He's yeah. a, my dad's an artist. Yeah. Right? A PA, like he's a very affluent man right but um that the years of abandonment where i needed those were the years i really needed my dad i needed him to put me on game about men i needed him to oh you're you're going so fast there i'm just like well i can i can can, can, let me just slow down no because you go let's let's go but like i just (laughs) the trauma of abandonment right so 16-year-old, 15-year-old Nikki, 14-year-old yeah. Nikki was around a lot of predators and paedophiles in the church, right? So that that was the... When I say I, I had, like, the religious... Tra- that's yeah. what, That was the trauma. Because, yeah, you're a pretty young girl. Everybody's <laughs> like, ah! <It's>, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, but it, it doesn't excuse the fact. I yeah. can laugh about it yeah. now, but if you were talking to 14, 15-year-old Nikki... Yeah everyone would tell you that I was that angry black young girl because I had nobody to defend the fact that older men were taking advantage of a young woman. Okay. I want to ask you two things and then I'm going to skip back a a bit, yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Because, um, one, has that affected your your relationship with your dad, yeah? Yes. Has that affected your relationship with men in terms of... A, yeah. a, a boyfriend and things like that. Yeah, it yeah. did. It, it did. What, in, so in what way did it affect them? I w- did not feel safe around black men. because why, why black men? Because it was black men who created the trauma I lived in. So if it was a white man, would it make a difference? Yeah. I also didn't feel safe around... I didn't feel safe so around men Can we general. just say men? <laughs> yeah. We can say men. Yeah. We can say men. Yeah. So, and then, so you didn't feel, what made you not feel safe? Because my, my, um, my observation of girls with daddy issues, let's say, yeah? What what is, what would be called? (laughs) No, I'll call it what it is. Yeah, no, it's daddy issues. this is coming from my naive place, yeah? So you can't put me in my place. No, you're right. It is daddy issues. So my, my... Well, my my experience. My <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Mac. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm so, not going to get mad. No, no. So is that? It's the opposite. It's not. It's not. Um, they feel safe. It's more of a clingy. It's more of an attachment. They have more more attachment issues. Where it's more. 
clingy, more codependency, let's say. I think because, right, I, I'd say the way my exp personal experience, yeah. Yeah. when I say I don't feel safe, yeah. I have so many amazing men around me that yeah. I love. Yeah. That that teach, that edify. I don't yeah. have an issue with black men, white men, yeah. just for reference, <laughs> before y'all start coming for me. But um, at that time, mm -hmm. I didn't feel safe because I wasn't safe. Okay. Right? Mm. I had experienced situations that my, my right was taken away. Yeah. My voice was taken away. Yeah. And as a young girl, like when you're in situations where you can't defend yourself, you are going to get angry at everybody you felt was supposed to be a pillar of protection. Okay. And my first pillar of protection was my dad. Okay. Because living in Nigeria, my dad would patrol the whole area when we went to bed with a gun because mm. he was also in the army. <laughs> and I didn't have that anymore. I didn't have my dad with the, the gats. Okay. So I was now out in London. That safety net was removed. I yeah, get where you're coming so from. It's, so not, not... No, it's not necessarily that, like, I didn't feel safe just around men. I didn't feel <laughs> safe. With men. I, I understand Cause, the cause type of safety like, you need. Yeah, yeah. You're young and you but don't really that, know how to protect would, yourself. But then why does that go towards men? Would you not feel this safe in general around women or situations, of environments? Of but we're talking yeah. about sexual trauma okay that happened okay. with so when i'm yeah, saying yeah. there's okay. pedophiles yeah. and yeah, predators yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like it I'm wasn't at you. that time i also didn't feel safe around women i'm just mm. talking about one string yeah. of trauma that i experienced but oh. if if you want me to pull out the whole route i didn't feel safe around people yeah, yeah. i didn't want long relationships yeah. i didn't want long friendships i'd cut yeah. people off very quick yeah. right so this was this was the post trauma yeah. and I just didn't want to to have any closeness to anyone who could break my heart, mind, spirit or soul in that way again. Carlos, what's your thoughts on sort of the topics what Nikki's speaking about abandonment and, you know, traumas? Well, there's so much what Nikki talked about that I couldn't totally identify to. Because mm -hmm. as I was saying about from my um, who's who, where's who's at and all that, trying mm -hmm. to manage where I, because it's about fitting in, isn't it? Where do I fit in in this family thing? Mm -hmm. I, I, do, I did feel loved by my grandmother, mm -hmm. who I thought was my mum, yeah. and um, the abandonment, because she left. She left me and went to America. At what age was you when she left? Five years old. Wow. And mm -hmm. because my granddad was an alcoholic, yeah. as what's called alcoholic. Yeah. Um, you'll see me doing this label thing um, throughout. Yeah, because I like to smash open labels yeah. and get to the real matter of who, 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 who am I? Yeah. You know, and it's about all this who am I? So the abandonment, so, but with abandonment comes rejection. I don't mm. think you can get away from the two. Oof. So, but it's how, did you mean to reject me? Yeah, so yeah. that's how you take it as a child. Yeah. But I know today my grandma never meant to reject me and abandon me. Mm. She couldn't do nothing else at the time. Mm -hmm. But it, that doesn't matter at that time. Yeah. So it's what I go through, them painful feelings of... So you them. felt rejected? Yeah, but I couldn't understand the feeling. Mm. All I just had this feeling inside me, like the mic come off of me, is... 
Yeah. Where have you gone? Can, can, Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. where have you gone? Why have you left me? Yeah. Those are the questions that I was I in my own that. head about for God knows how many years. Yeah. And then being left with these other people. Oh, it's all right. Just keep That's talking. These other people who yeah. I call my dad's side of family. Yeah. Who my mum's side of family was at loggerheads. Was, they was at war with. They didn't like each other. I mean, my mum had just died. My dad was only 15 years old. So he was basically a minor. Wow. But as a man, yeah. you know, they don't look at it so much. But I have to say, I will say to you, he was a minor at the time. Yeah. You know, while they was carrying on. She so, told my mum she was 18. So you, oh, so when you went to live, did you live with your dad? My dad's parents. Your my dad's dad parents. was 15. He, he was had 15. no, I think by the time I was born, he was 16. Did you have a relationship with your dad at that time? I didn't know who my dad was. You didn't know who he was? No, I didn't know who, I saw pictures and I heard them talk about him. But again, so how did who you... is this man? Because my, my granddad had other sons, so I had uncles. Dad, do you know what? Oh, so okay. five years old, I'm just thinking of, because I, I must have cried for months myself to sleep. You know what? I'll, my grandma. I've got to be honest. Mommy. I, <laughs> mommy I, issues. I, um, you sort of brung that up for me because I had my child when I was 15 and I was 16. And I can tell you how I felt in that moment that I was I didn't know what responsibility was I was embarrassed all of that sort of stuff mm. and and it used to be spoken to me as a sort of shame thing so people would shame me like I I was in school and then I'd, when I left the child was born to it was like oh you've got kids he's got kids he's only he's got kids so it was like a shaming thing so I felt a bit embarrassed so my kids used to stay, and by the time I was three, I had 17, I had like three kids, but they used to spend a lot of time with my parents at my mum and dad's house, and I wouldn't be there because, because, exactly. So it's, it's, it's you know what it's I mean? A dynamic. Now, to hear you say you felt rejected, and I don't know moment. how I may have affected them in that sense. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, so. it's quite it's it's quite good to understand the, the feeling, mm -hmm. but that's the thing is, you know, you, you know, my head wants to live in the past. Yeah, it wants to, yeah. and it has done for a number of years. And I'll talk about the past because I'm going back into my past. Yeah, but today the difference is, and, and the work that you're, I may I was able to do myself, and the work that I help other people with. So I help people with my tragedy trauma because I, I come to a place of triumph from the trauma and tragedy. Mm -hmm. Not saying that them things don't affect me. It's like even coming here today. Yeah. I was born in Hackney, mm -hmm. you know, and I experienced a lot of being in that trauma and the self-medicated and the painful feelings and emotions and, and, and changing that. Because, you know, as someone mentioned earlier, the, 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 then the addiction... And I'm, that word, I, I just want to go there a bit. Yeah, I the, want you to. Mm. I want you to. And I, I want you to. Um, oh, what, this is interesting, yeah, because now we're going to sort of, what I would like to do is go into other areas of addiction and how they manifest and start building into whether it's drugs, but it can start off with something else. Yeah. Now, for you, the reason why I say that in front of me, I've got, you grew up um, around the Jamaican sound system culture. Yeah, you've got um, you started an illegal rave, um, and how many people attended these raves? 
Oh, loads. It was silly. They tell me the telephone. <laughs> let them know the figures. There was figures of like 10,000 to 20 to 30,000 people. Yeah? Yeah. And I'm assuming they paid. Huh? I'm assuming they paid. <laughs> Well, I, I'm assuming they it's pay. The, huh? I'll have, have to speak to my accountant. Yeah, about that. yeah. Like, where I'm going with this is obviously you're showing you're showing you've got management skills. You're quite entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. both of you. Yeah, yeah, which is commendable. But what I'm getting at is, it seems like there's where does that come from? Is there a thing around money at all? Mm. Um. Well. I think what it is, is mainly as a survival mechanism, really. And also, I've got a trait. These are traits. These are, mm. are considered as a defects of character in, in my walk of life today. Yeah. But the defect of character has turned into from the, from the defect into what an asset. What is the defect? The defect is a hustling. It's like how I saw my granddad. I was rapping out when I went to live with my grandmum. Yeah. My my new grandmum, my yeah. dad's parents, my grandmum and my granddad. Yeah. I was rapping out pound drawers of contraband at the age of five, six. Whoa. So that's what he sold. That was part of a hustling mechanism. So, you know, I was and then I was delivering bets, taking, picking up bits and pieces and you know all that kind of stuff budgie seeds because they used to mix weed with budgie seeds is there some form of reward system in doing things like that whether it's just hustling i don't know money what is that about that and is it 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 in the obsessive pattern yes Uh, well what you're saying is like you know, all that re- for me growing up, because yeah. I have to take my childhood, I'm, I'm at my childhood yeah. now. Yeah. But as a childhood, I had no will. I had yeah. no choice in doing things. I just had to do it. And if I didn't do it, then there would be the abuse and yeah. the physical abuse as well. Mm. So but coming back from out of that yeah. to now, what I understand, and I only knew this when I went to mm. university to yeah. study, because yeah. like yourself, Nicole, you mentioned early, Nikki, about you know, wanting to know more. Yes. How does, what's the matter, what is in my brain? Okay, I wanna, I wanna be well, I don't wanna be in pain, I don't wanna be crying inside myself mm. no more. I wanna learn how to master emotions and I, I went to university, I was quite fortunate to go, but it's something I wanted, it was a dream to finish my education. Yeah. And I learned so much about the brain, the thinking, what you talk about reward, because mm-hmm. we have a limbic system in our brain. Yeah. Brain is an extraordinary piece of equipment. <laughs> it is. So it's the limbic system, what the suggestions and the findings are scientifically, yeah. is that we wake up, right? We sleep, rest, work, and play. So within that, but normally what I learned as well in, in some of the research is we're, we are pleasure-seeking beings. All of us. Right? Yeah, human brains, yeah. we are, we are pleasure-seeking beings. Yeah. But in that pleasure, then some of us has to do something to get there. Yes. So what you find out, the patterns of you go, we go to work, whether it's a nine-to-five, or then we own our own business, so we have property, prestige, and so on. Yeah. So, but at the end of the week, like, we know we're getting paid. Or at the end of the month. Yeah. So, so that that's the a reward. reward. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And okay. it's the same like with 
any other forms of addiction. Okay. Gambling. Why would you gamble? I'm. I've never gambled. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's wanting more, isn't it? So the reward system, the brain saying, yeah, if you put this, you're going to get more. And then oh, it, re it will more. release a natural chemical of yeah. your brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know? Like the dopamine. Hit. The oh. dopamine, the serotonin. There's so many chemicals. All these chemicals outside yourself only unlocks the chemical that's already in your brain. So, that's what I learned as well, you know? And Okay, so let's say the difference between a substance addiction and a behaviour addiction. Like, Is social media an addiction? Is porn an addiction? It can become an addiction. Is, what else would do? Would, would, food, food, clothing, gym, music, shopping. Yeah. Can, are these, can, can they be considered as isms. addictions? Is, I'll yeah. call them isms. Cause, and why I say isms yeah. is, again, words are like maps. Let's look at the word ism. I-S-M. I separate myself. Yeah. So if I'm doing something that causes a problem, I don't want nobody else to know about it. So it becomes hidden. Like gambling, whether I'm using drugs or I'm, you're not going to go home and watch porn with the rest of the family in the room, <laughs> are you? What is the difference between a behavioural defect or, or addiction mm -hmm. to uh, substance, substance misuse? Yeah. The thing is, there is no difference but the result of the addiction. So okay. you have to understand that. A person who is, for instance, addicted to marijuana, yeah. there are so many different things that happen to your body, to your brain, to yeah. your mind, and yeah. just the patterns in which you live. Yeah. But when it's behavioural and it's not you adding an external substance, these are now mm. internal substances, yeah. it's only the, the physical result that looks different, but they're both just as damaging. You could say that there's differences yeah. in how you use something yeah. and how yeah. you're operating with something. Yeah. But one is an external force that you are adding to your internal yeah. and one is an internal that you're like consistently activating. So, so kind of like porn, for instance, yeah, yeah. right? People don't see porn... As, as bad of as, an, as an addiction because it's just something they're watching. Mm -hmm. But now neurologically what's happening is you're every single day programming yourself yeah. with something that isn't real in your reality, but you're activating these substances within you. So when it comes to relationships with an actual human, yeah. there's a big disconnect because the way you see life and the way you are sexually aroused and how you're experiencing your sexuality is through a digital device. Yeah. It's not with contact with a human being. It's not through self-pleasure. Yeah. You're not bringing the matter into physical reality. <laughs> Everything's just on a psychosis basis. Mm, wow. Psychosis. So you're going to want a porn star now wow. if you're going to engage in a human and, being. And here yeah. is where you have the unrealistic <laughs> expectations wow. people have in relationships yeah. because of the development of digital addiction. And... Before we go further, the yeah. word addiction itself yeah. is yeah, you just down. consistently adding. There's no, there's no subtraction. Yeah. There's no division. An addiction is something you consistently just do like a religion. So why is some... So is a, what's, what's the more... What makes... For instance, I'm in recovery from, from my yeah. struggle choice was cocaine. And I could not stop 
for the life of me on my own and I still every day have to address my addiction yeah, yeah. with whatever way shape whatever way shape or form I've got to I've some got to do stuff throughout the day to yeah. make sure that I don't go backwards so it's almost like unprogramming yeah. that because I've been using for 23 years so I'm almost undoing rewiring rewiring that's why that's what they call it I, 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 yeah yeah returning. Reco- yeah returning and reprogram yeah. <laughs> can I add a bit to that return yeah of course yeah. Uh, uh, and, yeah. and I want to come in to to touch on what you said about the, the one of the scientific f- f- terms I learned about the actual word because you know I yeah. want to break it down yeah. again the addiction and in a scientific scientific definition yeah. is how you react to something. So we have an addiction of substances, mm-hmm. is what you explained. Yeah. So it's how I, my brain reacts, because we don't all react the same way. Mm-hmm. So you have people that has had drugs, recreational, experimenting, and that's it. And they might go out or what, they might go and put, yeah? yeah. Then you've got other people that their brain will react differently yes. from a trauma response. Okay. If there's trauma then, it becomes more powerful. Yeah. It's like they want to stay there because it takes away that pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, I need to do some more of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Jesus. And you don't know yeah. that that trauma, you, you're thinking you're taking away because again, it's how I think and I'm experiencing something. It's causing another layer of traumas because when you mentioned about another layer of trauma, because yeah. it's a different trauma now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trauma of the how it affects it your body, body. Yeah. and the porn is a different addiction, but it's, it's also, it's how you react. I wanted to ask this question here. Yeah, go ahead. So why, like, if can I do the same amount or do a certain substance and someone else can do it. And what makes me the addict and them not the addict? Do you know, like some people can maybe yeah. have to do it, put it down, leave yeah. it in walk the away. cupboard, walk away, not do mm. it. So that's the thing why I probably, and even from substance to substance or like I, I stopped smoking weed, what, 13 years ago and I just stopped. Yeah. I just stopped, but I can't do that with nothing else. I just want to put one word into yeah. the conversation. Yeah. The word's escapism. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, yeah, throw yeah. it in. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, we, that we will cover Especially with how you're describing... So how you're describing your addiction, Yeah. the thing is, focus less on the substance. What people usually do when you're trying to recover is they're like, I'm addicted to heroin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And instead of them to focus on why I'm addicted, it's it's the addiction, not the addiction to, right? So for for some people, just because they can pick up a particular drug and Mm -hmm. not be addicted to that drug, there are so many factors and layers to that. It can also just be their genetics, mm-hmm. right? It could be their... Scientific fact. About For that. instance, mm-hmm. as well, there are people who genetically, cocaine doesn't affect the same way it could affect, let's say, um, a 10-year-old boy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Chemicals have different reactions in different people's bodies. So focus less on what it is you're addicted to mm-hmm. and more as to why do you keep gravitating for a feeling? Yeah. Why do you keep seeking, like he said, escapism? Yeah. What yeah. is it you're trying to escape? What is it about being in this space yeah. and time and motion of feeling this experience that makes you feel like you need to be there on a constant? 
because yeah. that's what the addiction is. It's the constant need yeah. of a release. Yeah. So I've so basically from the reaction. I've just found my saying. drug of choice mm. and I keep using that drug of choice and it can progress. Mm. Yeah. I could that one, I could not want that one anymore and progress into a different one. But but your history, yeah. right? Yeah. So cocaine for instance, the way it hits your body is completely different to weed. Mm. Right? But your history, you grew up around a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. You were shamed for the fact that you had children early, yeah. right? Which means that you weren't even allowed the opportunity to experience the fact that you had children. You couldn't, you couldn't embrace that you was a father. You couldn't embrace mm-hmm. your fatherhood. Mm-hmm. You had to spend a lot of time shielding yourself whilst trying to learn fatherhood, whilst trying to learn who Mac 10 is and then understand communication and and your neurons are still developing because you're only 15. By the time your frontal lobe develops, you're at like 30. So your development, personal development was interfered with society's agenda, right? And just because, and I'm not going to call it a mistake because Mm -hmm. things happen, right? I don't believe children are a mistake. Like no, imagine cool. saying yeah, to yeah, someone, yeah, oh, no. your child's a mistake. Yeah, no. You had yeah. children at yeah. 15. Yeah. Your body was well and able to, mm-hmm. right? Instead of your community to surround you and support you, and I'm sure there are people who mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. they went to the shame. Mm-hmm. And you see what that shame does to you neurologically is you mm-hmm. start to now self-reject. You reject yourself. Mm-hmm. So now you don't respect yourself because you've been told what you've done is irrespect. It's not respectable. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowing yourself to actually play the father role. Mm-hmm. You're now like trying to figure out where can I find respect? And sometimes a lot of people go into drugs because that's the only time their mind yeah. can quieten down the pain that they've been experiencing. Oh, I get it. And Carlos, I want to hear your take on this. Well, I was, uh, as as Dickie was talking mm-hmm. and the question that was raised, because it's good to stay on the subject, because this is different subjects, but it's it's all the same thing I see it as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a blanket you could put over it. It was the escapism, mm-hmm. yeah? And I have to look at what, when did it stop for me escaping what I explained to you about my history, my past, the, the emotions, the feelings. Mm-hmm. My mum still hasn't turned up. But it's okay today. Okay. And I could laugh about that. I couldn't bring myself to say it yeah. because I learned, Pete, I, was, I had to ask for help. Yeah. Okay, because my brain, going back to your brain, mm-hmm. touching on, my brain will work out a question and answer itself and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I put that question to you, you'd say, what? That's mad, Carlos. Yeah. So that's my capacity of my brain. So I had to ask for help outside mm-hmm. the brain because I've got this pride and I've got ego, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that, listen, I could help myself. You wasn't there when I was growing up and all that. Mm-hmm. It's all rubbish. Yeah. And again, that's coming from my brain. Yeah. And this voice, what we say, one of my voices that, you know, the negative voice in my head, you know, that um, the persecutor, yeah. you know, the what people yes. call it the, the addict or the yeah. addictive mind, the thinking. Mm-hmm. But the escapism I had to find a way t- for me to stop because it's only one part of it, but it's an art. 
whole part of it. Because where am I escaping to? Where did I want to escape to? Out of the feeling, out of my reality, into this fantasy. <laughs> fluffy clouds, you know, blowing balloons and flying. Listen, it's not real. Yeah. What is real? I had to find someone who's been like me to help to show me the way how what I need to stop escaping. And what they showed me is I needed to accept myself. The parents need time off to be individuals. Human. Yeah. Right? Of this course. is the problem, again, with our world is that we don't recognise that no one person can spend 24 hours with a child. Even a child can't spend 24 hours with a child <laughs> because they're so energetic, so enigmatic. Like yeah. you, you have, yeah. it, it has to be division of labor when it comes to children. Yeah. You notice how tired mothers get from like running the whole house. Mm. So imagine fathers being there for like three hours and they're like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. Like imagine someone <laughs> having to constantly watch a baby. This is where you've mm. got like, mothers at the, the early stage of like childhood when when their child is first born mm -hmm. they're experiencing depression they have anxiety mm. so much things happen because they're not giving that time away from the child mm. because your brain needs time to rest the body needs time to sleep so your time away is you your might turn to substance yeah. abuse or to different obsessive or compulsive yeah. Me yeah mechanisms Fact. Because and because the brain needs it. It needs like, it. You, you, you need to actually, you need to leave reality. This is why you, you go into REM sleep. Like, you, you need to leave reality. You can't, your eyes can't be open 24-7. I think for the audience, we have to elaborate what that means. Whether you like it or not, your body is going to chemically engineer you towards an addiction so if you don't find time to release if you don't find time for yourself this is why this new age self-care as much as people think it's useless it's important for you to take care of your own health doesn't matter if you're a mum doesn't matter if you're a dad don't matter if you're a business owner if your health is not your priority you're no good to nobody so take time for you because you need time because you can't be everything for everybody else. And then who, who's going to pour water back into you mm -hmm. if you're pouring water into everybody else? I want to drop something in there because I had a therapy session once. It was a group therapy session. And you, I want to get your, your, your ideas on this. Yeah? yeah. And it was like, we went across around the room and it was like, how old do you feel now? And this is in a treatment centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So how old do you feel now in a treatment centre? And everyone's getting their ages. And mine was 23. Mm. And 23 is when my using got bad. Mm. Now, apparently, when you start using, you stop your growth. So that's the age you stay. So the age now, how long I've been using, when it got bad, I've been using longer than that. But when it got bad, I was 23. So I didn't grow up, basically. So I'm, essentially, I'm still 23. My, that's why I think I'm 23. And that's how I felt I was 23. So essentially, what... what they were saying is that you'd stop growing mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is there any truth in that? Well, how, do you, how do you feel in yourself? terms of maturing? How do you feel? Yeah, that, I think that's a, a more important question. Well, at, at the time of that question, now I felt 23. Yeah. Now I feel a lot older. Not 30? a lot older. 30? <laughs> I am 30. <laughs> I'm not 30. I don't think 30 is old. So no, not 30, no, but I'm older. <laughs> can I, can I yeah. say, is that from... 
psychological or emotional growth mm. because there's two different growths okay. here. Thank you don't seem like you're, you don't come across like you're 23 psychologically to me, no mm. way. No. Emotionally, I don't mm. know how you feel about yourself. So I wouldn't really know that question Maybe. unless you, you know, your self-worth your esteem, how what we spoke about. Well, maybe I'm. I feel like I'm living in that 23 year old of the things and uh, my aspirations at the time of what I wanted, mm. where I was. So I hadn't left that. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm. still living there. Like I haven't. I still wanted the same things. I'm still chasing the same things. Mm. Those sort of things, maybe. Sorry, can I interject? Mm -hmm. But why is that? not growing up what if your dreams are your dreams my though? dreams are my dreams but then there's reality and maturity about there was something i feel i feel grown. it depends what your dreams were okay but no, i just think sometimes uh, people we, we we have this ideology again mm. that we're supposed to grow up to where <laughs> where because 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 think about it right yeah, yeah. one thing i love about myself mm. is who nikki was at 15 she's still here mm. 15 Nikki didn't die mm -hmm. in the 28 year old body I have 15 exists so mm -hmm. does 11 so does 10 that's how we have mm -hmm. like that's what child mm -hmm. so 15 year old Nikki or she charges 28 year old Nikki mm -hmm. if 20 year old Nikki says oh, I can't do this 15 year old would be like what are you that had free jobs free mm -hmm. jobs and you I were hustling that. I like that. So mm. sometimes it's not like, look at the full perspective of yourself and the age you were at 23. Yes, there's the trauma. Yes, there's the addiction. But there's also Mac 10. <laughs> and who's Mac was that? Yeah, you got to be like, it, it's all right to own yourself. Yeah, I yes. think that sometimes... Mm. What does growing up mean culturally? Mm -hmm. Does that mean having to wear a suit and mm -hmm. act in a particular way? Because mm -hmm. we think that's what... Um, um, growth is and that's mm. what maturing is I believe true maturity is being able to use the highest knowledge to your advantage if you're struggling with knowledge then you're not yet mature because knowledge 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 absorbed is only knowledge it's only until we reach applied. these stages the 28 year old Nikki where we can apply the knowledge Boom. then it becomes wisdom imagine seeing Mac on the street and he's 15 mm -hmm. and you know his history does he not deserve the same love and respect as somebody who did everything the right way? Because at the end of the day, for instance, yeah. um, I want to talk about the prison system and rehabilitation. When yep. we make yep. mistakes, right, mm. we have to give ourselves the same grace that everybody else has. Because cause if we don't, how then are we going to integrate ourselves back into society? When you say, when you say grace... Do you mean take accountability? Not just take accountability yeah. because the punishment mm -hmm. is taking accountability. Mm -hmm. The consequence helps you take accountability. <laughs> you can't escape yeah, it. Yeah, but that's not taking accountability and then, though, and is it? And then you take accountability as well, mm. but not everything is left on you. Because one thing I will say mm. is, if you were given the education... Mm of fatherhood mm -hmm. in school if you were taught about life skills mm -hmm. personal skills communication skills mm -hmm. 
and how to just be a human. Mm -hmm. If this was the stuff that was integrated to you from like five years old, mm -hmm. six years old, mm -hmm. I think at 15 year old, you'd be a little bit more different. It doesn't mean those temptations won't yeah. be there because at the end of the day, you also have to understand a 15 year old boy, his hormones are shooting. Yeah. Right? I, I've got to disagree with you there though, but I'm not, I'm going to disagree with you, but what I will say is that maybe I would have a better chance, but I've got to say that I don't think it make a different makes a difference just from my experience around people I've met and the, the upbringings they've had. Um, so I don't believe that it would have made a difference. I don't believe it would have. Well, if I felt different, I, I could have had a trauma. I'll disagree with that is <laughs> mm -hmm. because after traveling research and just being around different people, mm -hmm. I've noticed how different environments induce different behaviors in humans. Ask Carlos the same question. If you had had, let's say, a grow like when you grew up as a child, if you had the right education, influence, support, and community around you, would you have made a few better choices? We're not saying that you wouldn't be who you are, but would you have not made a few better choices? <laughs> so, yeah. I know yeah I I'm, I'm looking at that question on all different angles, <laughs> but I just need to keep it simple. Yeah. Is that when you say that, the choice of you and how the upbringing you're talking about, nurture. Yeah. Nurture. I do believe, because, you know, one of the main things is the nature versus nurture, mm -hmm. all right? So it's where the nature of my upbringing and the people's nature and their behavior, yeah. there wasn't no nurture there at all. See? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got nurtured from strangers. Uh, and did so, that change you? Obviously. So, so looking mm. at it, if I had it then, yeah. would things have come differently? I can't answer that question. Of course. I'm gonna, the jury's out on it. But I do believe that I would have had been able to make better choices somehow. Whether them choices, I would have took them choices and still done the damage to myself, I don't know. But I, you I, understand? Because I mean, before we yeah. go, the thing about yeah. the blaming is that mm. there are people that have to also take accountability in your story. It's not just you. Yeah, no, you didn't live in that. an isolated I like island. That. No, no, I, really I get like that. So take yeah. your account, because yeah. that's what yeah. accountability yeah. is. This is mine, this is mine, <laughs> and, and you have them. <laughs> These belong to you. You've got to you be accountable them. for but your I had own to tell part. My dad, I had to tell my dad, you see, dad, <laughs> yeah, this was yours. <laughs> it should have been here. Okay? Let's remember that the world we're living mm -hmm. in, this earth, this 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 existence, we have not educated ourselves on what it means to be human. We are just now in this generation and beyond having conversations about addictions on on podcasts and and talking about LGBTQ and th there are only, things are just coming to the forefront. Remember, the old world was run by patriarchy. It was run by a lot of older white men who didn't understand femininity. They didn't understand nurturing. It's the reason why motherhood planning doesn't have a lot of budgeting. Fatherhood planning doesn't have a lot of budgeting. Rich kids aren't exempt from the things children who grow up in poverty face because they have parents who are so focused on work, so focused on status, they're indoctrinated into a reality of just wealth, not 
not existence and identity. There, is there something about going after the stuff that you can't have? Like, like I might be from Chelsea and I know I want to be Central Sea sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I and, mean, or I want to you indulge or I want to go and do street stuff because I can have everything, all this stuff. I want a rebel and do mm-hmm. this. Is there a sense of that in that? Or is it all just the same what we've already spoken about? I think it goes back to you you want what you can't have. And that's clear cut. So anyone who's quite affluent would want the opposite. And anyone who's not so affluent would want to be affluent. I don't know, but yeah. I'd change the statement, but go on. Can I come in uh, uh, and just touch on what you, something you said earlier, Nikki? Mm -hmm. Society and conditioning. Because I'm, I'm, I, um, one of my defects I know is injustice. Mm. Now, where does my defect come of injustice? Why did you take my mum away from me? Yeah. So that that injustice defect, it 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 can be practicing all of my thinking sometimes. Yeah. That ain't right. You shouldn't have t- taken a, no road. Don't talk to me like that. Do you know? And all that stuff. Yeah. So, but the injustice on how society and the conditioning and what I was saying about the stereotype and labels and all that stuff, it's like it, for me, I felt, I still feel it at times, but not so much now because I've got more of a freedom Mm. in my mind, you know. I haven't got all this past stuff sitting in my head. I'm not, obviously not using anything to make it changed my normal feelings in any any shape or form. Um, and even other addictions and other manifestations is a, is, is a kind of a, a good arm's length. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm more focusing on, you know, where I'm at in the here and now, mm-hmm. basically. So I'll get a level of freedom, mm-hmm. do you know? But where the society and the, they, they tend to imprison our minds in in various different ways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the only thing for me to do is look on, you know, what you were saying to Mac 10 earlier is yeah. I have to look at my part in things. Yeah. I have to take accountable for what I must take account for, not what you're telling me for. Do you understand? There is a difference because I know I kind of, you know, and I keep an inventory as well, what you say, yeah. right, about pain diaries and feelings and so on because it's good and i'll say this for the camera and for the audience it's good to not have them what we call it is like i'm keeping secrets about myself yeah when really i need to get out there because that thinking manifesting something else it turns into a behavior before you know it you're doing something that Mm -hmm. you don't want to do like how i started to do things Mm -hmm. and you cross a line where you should have never crossed Mm -hmm. and by that time you're going to feel too late the whole world's on top of me mm-hmm. i'm going to the doctor i'm getting prescribed medic you know I'm, I'm fixing something where if i'd have spoken about it i would have found a solution because i am the problem i will create a problem but can i get myself out of my own problem i need help we need other people mm-hmm. i need to take the me and i end on this the me and what i think and turn it into a we Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like more powerful. There's two's better than one. Is yeah. this moment the we? This is a big we. Wow we. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. moment is a wow, wow. we. I like that. Definitely. Yeah.
I like that. Nice I, one. Gonna, nice I'm one, Mac ro- 10, I'm for gonna, this, yeah, by the no, way. Big up, man. I'm gonna, did, did, is there something you wanted to say, Nick, before? Yes. Yeah. Can, I, can I say it to the camera? Do you, you, you want to end on it? Because I'm going to wrap it up. I want to yeah. ask you two more things. So you can, you'll get that moment. Yeah? Okay. You'll get your moment. Don't worry about No, that. no, it's not even that. It's, I wanted to say something. Go for it. Go that for I it. think. Go for it. Emotional constipation causes addiction. Okay. And yeah, let me, let me hear this. No, go, let go ahead. This. Let yeah. me hear this. I was going to say that suppressing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So emotional constipation, a lot of people aren't allowed to experience themselves, right? And your emotion is how you truly experience yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That then turns into thoughts, mm-hmm. patterns, actions, and, and, mm-hmm. and your interaction with people. Yeah. A lot of people are emotionally constipated. This is why talking therapy, psychotherapy yeah. is where you start... Uh bringing everything out ah, and you're going to the pits and you're, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like yeah can i use a toilet analogy from you saying <laughs> constipation <laughs> go to the emotional toilet yeah. <laughs> is this catharsis freedom <laughs> catharsis what's that catharsis elaborate for catharsis. people who don't know what that means catharsis is <laughs> speaking your emotions um into the open as yeah. a form of self-therapy Yes. Right. Um, But additionally, Mm -hmm. something my family members said is they've always enjoyed what you're partial to. Yeah. Because it induced a cathartic kind of dialogue. Like a bias. So they could what, speak. That, these are these these big words. No, yeah. no, no, no. I think you, you understand. Come to me in so, terms. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, there's no big word for I, the I've brain. I've got a family okay. member who said um, cocaine helped yeah. her yeah. or helped him yeah. to express themselves. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Um, okay. And, and that was what yeah. what they did. Yeah. And I said, no, I liked I liked MDMA. Yeah. She was like, no, this one yeah. helped me did this yeah, and yeah, yeah. and. and yeah, yeah. That was, so how did was there something there for you in what sense was there an expression could you express no, yourself but, more I mean I, I feel like I, I said this already it sort of gave me that talkative thing I know it, it gave me a, a, something in my arsenal I didn't have a voice a voice and then how voice. about when you weren't with people mm. ah Talk to yourself. Because <laughs> that's, the, that's the real tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's isolation. We'll be here for ages. <laughs> I I'm trying to say that. Yeah, can, I just, can I just come yeah. back to what he's saying? Because oh, I've experienced what you're talking about, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Is like the what it does, it activates something in your brain. You be, feel you become very intelligent. Because I felt I was some sort of university <laughs> professor and I knew every single thing. It opens up something in Amygdala your brain. Amygdala or something like this. Yeah, yeah it opens up something in your brain you become all-knowing. It's like this eye, your spiritual the eye becomes gland. all-knowing and all-seeing. And I have felt like that. But the reality, but then the reality, the reality is, yeah, it closes. The reality is yeah. it closes and how it closes and how however high you want to be up there, you will come down. If you're lucky, you hit the the ground because like, people do hit the basement and push up daisies and that's the most serious thing about you know right. these substances there's no good thing about it basically radioactive whatever, whatever foolishness you're telling yourself when you're doing it it's it's not real mm. and it's right. not gonna last and i'm living proof of that <laughs> you know what right. i mean living proof yeah. <laughs> it could be a different type of proof of this a headstone will you give mm. a one minute on the isolation 
Yeah, element, sure. A roundup of it. Um, well, essentially, for me, I'll just talk from my own personal experience. It started off as a party drug, like using cocaine, and I've done pills, MDMA, that sort of thing, and I would be out partying. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it took me from there to being around people, to wanting to be on my own and do it, because, one, I didn't feel safe around people, or paranoia. It would put me in a state that I wouldn't want to be seen in, like the way I look, the way I act, the way I behave. So it was quite embarrassing, to be fair, to once you get to a certain, once I got to, to a certain stage, it was quite an embarrassing thing. So I wouldn't want no one to see me in that state. So, but I, it didn't stop me from doing it. So that's how I ended up in isolation, which is very dangerous. Were you having a conversation yeah. with yourself? No, because I couldn't talk. No, in your mind. <laughs> was there a conversation in your mind with yourself? Was your brain racing? The next day, maybe. But at the moment, at, nothing? No, it would be more paranoia. Everything's, everything's hypersensitive. Is that the word? Can, can, I, can, I, can yeah. I just touch on the, um, very briefly, the paranoia? Yeah. Let's look at that. Let's change that word. Let's look at paralysis. Because mm -hmm. the brain goes into wow. paralysis, not yeah. actually paranoia stage yet. Yeah. So we, normal feelings is fight, flight, and freeze, the three Fs. But there's one F after. Fuck. That... No, you're absolutely right. And that part is a paralysis because freeze is paralysis. You don't know whether you're coming or going. And other people call it prang. Mm -hmm. But it's, the real term is paralysis. Am I right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what I, I was experiencing, par paralysis. paralysis. I would be like a, 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 something from Madame Satoussaud's. You are like, stagnant, like yeah. a statue. Yeah. That's stopped how I in would time. Really? Yeah, but that's how it, that's where it ended. Things are not going to be all right. Some of the languages. Yeah. I'm just answering your question for yeah. what the same guy. Yeah. Oh, something's going to happen. Something's not going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Something's not right here. Oh no, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't want to yeah. feel like this mm. again. Uh, yeah. So you go into a little conundrum in your own mind. Yeah. Something a little that's, maze. That's my experience. Yeah, that's how it would end. This really, this 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 a dark place to be in, and that's that's my experience. I can't speak on anyone like else. Drop effects. on your knees. <laughs> you start dropping your <laughs> knees, please, God. Take this feeling away. I'm enough. But, yeah, but everyone has their though. own experience. But the reality of it, that's that's where it can end. And some people don't get out of that. I was, I'm a lucky one. I consider Trapped. myself a lucky one to be able to sit and have have the confidence to have this conversation so openly. No, it's powerful. Can I, yeah. can it's powerful. I, I know you want to wrap up, but mm -hmm. can I just ask you, now where you're at, mm -hmm. what are the things you do to support yourself moving forward? Okay, so I do a lot of therapy-based work, so a lot of speaking. I speak with like-minded people who've been through similar situations. Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot around like um, recovery stuff based books and I've got a mentor who's got a lot like a a, a certain amount of clean time that's experience. been in recovery and mm -hmm. a lot of experience around so then I will call them every day okay or anytime where, where my addiction I know that it's based around changing the way I feel so I might just not be in a bad mood I might have an argument then I will sort of ring them up and say like this is what's happened I feel like this because sometimes my thinking and my behaviour can lead me to do something that's going to put me in a position that's going to make me 
put myself in danger or just something, you know, the wrong way to react Mm. to to something. So I have to check myself to stop me doing that because it could lead me again to that shame, guilt or whatever. Could make you lead in a seemingly irrelevant decision, you call it. Yeah, exactly. And then you put yourself in a dangerous situation. But what you're saying is that you've got to have somebody else in your head away from your own brain. If you are battling with addiction, what I'd say is find a support system as soon as you can. And the second thing is don't feel embarrassed. Everybody in this life picks up a crutch and it's okay sometimes if you feel like you need something to continue living. But it's not okay to live in this life by yourself. So find a community. For me, is there's only one way it could end. You know, if you don't get somebody else and talk about your stuff, your trauma, these feelings, because the feelings won't kill you. Mm-hmm. But the substances and other self-harming ways that you may feel is self-fulfilling, they become self-harmful. You know, the only way is actually to to actually surrender and to talk about your problem and let go, you know, and, and kind of come to a place where get honest with yourself. And look at the truth. What is the main thing that you are doing to cause yourself creating this, this, this movie where you're the only person in the movie? Hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I can. Yeah. I'm speaking from experience. So yeah, I'm going to end on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just ask for help. And you know, at the end of the day, I had hope. Somebody showed me hope. And that hope don't have to be at the end you hanging from a rope. Big up Nicky and big up Carlos for coming and just laying it on the line. And such a powerful conversation. And this, I'm, I'm proud of you both. You know, you, from what you've shared, from what you've come from, what you're doing now. Mm. You know, it's growth and it's mm. hope. Yes. You know, for anyone who's going through this stuff, you're showing you don't need to live in it. You can fight it, you can win, you can come out the other side and... Living through his hair, change. It's possible, more than possible. So, yeah, man, thank you guys. Cool. If you have been affected by anything in this episode or you require further support, um, check out one of the links in the description and um, yeah, just don't suffer in silence.